0: Welcome to Adventure Guys, the podcast for humans and dogs. I'm Eric the Human.
1: And I'm Nick the Human. And welcome back for another week where we talk yeah. uh, for a long time. And some of it will be about the cartoon adventure time. <laughs> I think we might have a couple new listeners because we're covering today the newest episode. Uh, the, one of these episodes that just a year and a half ago we thought would never, may never come. But here we are, the fourth Distant land special.
0: And this is our Adventure Guys season one finale. Boop, boop,
1: boom, boom, so,
0: boom. So if you're a new listener, sorry, there won't be a, uh, any new podcast for a couple of weeks, probably. Just a second,
1: <laughs> but hold in there. There's a lot. You could probably go back and re-listen. Yeah, we have a back catalog. How about that? We've really <laughs> built something over this last year, Eric. And this is going to be a really good season finale because... I'm really excited to hear what you think about this episode.
0: I I, you I shouldn't have,
1: be. <laughs> i Well, I've got some thoughts, but I just I think it could lead to maybe a more interesting discussion. We will see. But first off, I think we should just update the listeners that it's been a tur- last week's episode was very turbulent. It was it was our quote weirdest episode yet, <laughs> which we've been which we've been saying. And it's due to both of our lives at the same time, I think, being a little bit in a weird state, a little bit chaotic. and from, We also
0: happened to pick a very strange episode of Adventure Time to watch. That's too. Very uncomfortable episode. Very
1: uncomfortable. Yeah, that led to the discussion. But I would say, Eric, in the last week and change since we recorded that one, my life just got even maybe crazier. Um, <laughs> and I'm... Kind of glad that it's syncing up so we're at least both going through a crazy time at the same time. Yeah. I having a couple of weeks off to like
0: finish processing everything that's been happening to us, I think will be good. Yes. But I don't want to take too much time off. Me neither. Uh so maybe I, just a couple of weeks.
1: Let's keep the let's keep the energy moving. I don't want to lose this.
0: Yeah. And you know what's coming up soon is be Movember.
1: Oh. Which we've been t- teasing for a long time. <laughs> We decided a long time ago we were going to do it. That's our yeah. version of teasing. That'll be it's fun. It's ju- just a month away. November. it's coming up. I can't wait. We're going to have to get some Bemo centric guests on for that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I have I moved back to New York, listeners, pretty recently. And like oh, two weeks ago. And, and I think we've talked a lot of, on this podcast, if you've been following along, about how our lives have changed. I certainly learned new things about myself and redefined goals. And I think I even two episodes ago said, I can't wait to carry them on to my new life in New York. And I'm going to have to report that five days in, I just slipped back into all the bad New York City habits that I have. (laughs) Exercising, out the door, eating out a lot. That's there. Going out and spending too much money at restaurants. And chief of all, drinking a lot.
0: Yeah, I can't afford to drink in the city.
1: That's a I'm gonna, good. That's probably good for your body, mind, sanity.
0: I, I think I'm going to become one of those guys who ha- has a flask. I think that's going to become one of my things. Oh,
1: I can see that for you. <laughs> it's, it's the
0: only way I'll be able to
1: afford drinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I really lost my love of drinking, but once you're back in New York City, it just makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. Do you. Are you a are you a late night subway guy? I would I will the subway after midnight a lot. I would Yeah, I would say at this point now that I'm back like I may be cutting down on that, but like my whole 20s, yeah. You could catch me on the subway at 3:30 a.m. like or whatever going home. Yeah. What's your thoughts Man, on I
0: that? I had, I had a I had a
1: rough train ride it's on Sunday night. That ba- when you're really tired and you've got to stay awake Man, I've got some, I've got some stories. My best, not to cut you off, you want to, you want to talk about, talk about your your rough one. No, it's okay. Okay. It was just, it was, it wasn't fun. This is a great adventure time or adventure guys uh, story because it revolves around Taco Bell, which Eric and I love. (laughs) Do you still love Taco Bell? What's your current feelings?
0: I had Taco Bell for lunch today. There
1: we go. Stalwart Taco Bell (laughs) fan, Eric Dano. So there's a Taco Bell off Union Square in Manhattan you know 14th university like by third and fourth avenue and it's kind of famous it's it's kind of near the nyu district there's venues around there union square very central location so for me a lot of times maybe i'm i would be doing something on the west side so I, i could walk 30 40 blocks down to union square hit that taco bell when i'm nice and you know had a long night and then hop on the subway on the L train and go back to Williamsburg where I lived. And I did that. Or you could get off the train and have your Taco Bell go home, especially if I, I saw a show or something. So one night I do this and I get a Baja Blast. And by accident, I get like the regular size, which is just comically huge. You know, it's like so <laughs> yeah. big. It's got to be like 48 ounces. I don't know. So I get it. It's filled with I, I don't know about you, but I always love combining Baja Blast and regular Mountain Dew. It's, it's not for me. It's just fun for me. It makes a really fun color. So I do that. I, I scarf down probably my cheesy gordita crunch and then a couple dollar menu items, uh, you know, cheesy bean rice burrito, nachos, what have you. And I get on the subway. I'm going back to Williamsburg and I fall asleep as I do pretty easily. And I open my eyes and there it's Metropolitan Graham, which is my stop. And I go, oh, and I squeeze my giant Baja Blast that is completely full, extremely hard, and it spills completely all over some woman that's to my right. Oh just no! Just completely, and I. But at the same time, I'm running out of the subway. I'm just like, I'm sorry, and just <laughs> what a jerk. Get out of there! And now I never saw her again. Uh, well, that's one of the blessings
0: of the anonymity of New York. I know, she never see these people again.
1: I know. It's really crazy. Um, I, I spilled a coffee on a guy once. Actually, I think twice, the same guy twice in the same ride. <laughs>
0: What's that's, the matter with you? I don't know.
1: I shouldn't be bringing beverages on the subway. I think that's a new role and into institute for myself. <laughs> not cool. I'd be so pissed if that happened to me.
0: I did see a guy spill a beer on the train on the other night. On anyone? No. I mean, he was, it was not crowded. See, that's the thing about, Taking the late trains is that they're less crowded, mm-hmm. which I find to be well now my observation is that that's less desirable because it is potentially more dangerous. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there was there was not a lot of people in the vicinity for him to spill
1: the beer on. It just went all over the floor. <laughs> that's for the best. Really for the best. Yeah. Um mixing, you're mixing the new Holophonics record. I hope it's coming along swimmingly.
0: Yeah, well, uh, our last pod we did when I was in Texas. That was my last night of tracking down there, and I'm now back in New York, and I've spent the last nine days, I think, mm-hmm. every single day, just like 10, 11 hours of mixing, Oof. except for a Sunday when I went in to work for like 10 hours in the, in the studio in Greenpoint.
1: He's <laughs> a dedicated man, ladies and gentlemen. Hire Eric Danota. <laughs> make your record because he he takes it there
0: yeah i can do that um it sucks that i don't make any money making my own record i know
1: <laughs> <laughs> it just got pride at stake
0: but i hope when people hear this record that i'm working on which is probably honestly not going to be for another year i don't think but i hope when it's released people are like wow that record's really good i wonder who produced it and then they can see that i did and they'll be like i want him to produce my record and then i can do that and i would charge a reasonable rate
1: that should happen <laughs> you should do that fans hire this guy he does a good job listen to this podcast listen to our music hell uh yeah
0: it's uh it's it's sounding pretty good i uh today i was working on the conundrum the mixing conundrum of songs uh, we have two songs that are Sort of split between uh, our typical kind of heavy pop punk ska punk sound and a more traditional Jamaican rootsy kind of sound, mm-hmm. and like navigating the switch tonally between like drum mixes from each section. Right. So I figured that out today. Uh, just it's a lot of work. Ugh. a lot of time.
1: Good on you. Can't wait to hear it.
0: Yeah, I mean you'll probably hear it in a couple of weeks, but. Woo! Everyone else is going to have to wait.
1: A version of it. Or you can sign
0: up on my Patreon and hear some previews there. There we go.
1: Patreon.com slash (laughs) Eric Dano. Cool. I'm looking forward to it. Um, Didn't really recognize the music, though, in this episode of Adventure Time. Did you? No. Is that your segue? That's my segue. (laughs) But it did remind me. It was not, that actually did come into my head naturally as you were talking about music and we've, Always talk about how much we love the music in this. All right. So let's, let's talk that's about it. Let's Now, I, I don't want to turn anybody off um, that's listening to this, but I do, I do just want to be honest with our listenership because, Eric, we're nothing if not honest, right? <laughs> Tried to be never told a lie in my life. There you go. <laughs> you know when they announced a Wizard City episode centered around Peppermint Butler, there's expectations that come along with an episode like that, right? Peppermint, sure. Peppermint Butler, one of the most mysterious, insane, best characters of the original run. It's like finally, like you, I want to know more about Pet Butt, as uh he's called occasionally. <laughs> um and they gave for me very different episode than i would have expected i don't know if i really should have had expectations going into this but uh not kind of where i saw this going what about you yeah i don't think
0: i had any set expectations um i I gotta admit once again i was not (laughs) particularly uh invested in paying attention to to watching this episode i did it while Working on the album.
1: (laughs) Well, what I will say is that I was invested and, uh, it, I think they could have taken the Peppermint Butler story in a, in a way that would have really excited me. And instead I felt like we got, it's about wizard school. It's centered around these kids characters. It felt like a Disney made for TV movie. I don't. Yeah. Okay. So I have two major thoughts about
0: everything you just said there. Yeah. Uh, the first is, yes, Peppermint Butler has been a mysterious character throughout the original series run, Uh, and it seems like there was always something beneath the surface of that character that the audience wasn't entirely privy to. Uh, we would kind of only get little glimpses. Of his dark side, and usually it was just due to him either accidentally revealing a little tidbit as like a comedic device or just sort of like uh like a a minor subplot kind of thing, like, oh, yeah, Peppermint Butler is like tangentially involved in this other character's like storyline, but we never really got much of an explanation to it, and that was you know it provided some interest and mystique around yeah. that character. I think the primary way that this special delivered on the mystery surrounding him was sort of just in the way that the side characters talked about Peppermint Butler by his reputation.
1: Right. Which it is so weird of a choice and why not just show us? Like that's what we all want to see is the origin story. Like when this started and there was a little Peppermint Butler, I was like Oh, fuck yeah. We get to see the origin story, like how he navigated. How did he become friends with death? How did that happen? Like, how does he know this? How did he come back to work for Princess Bubblegum? Like, I wanted to, I want to know the whole ride, right? And then all of a sudden it's no, they kind of just offhandedly in a flashback reveal that he had done some bad stuff, which was also weird to me because he always seemed to have his like moral center. Obviously, there's, there's some, uh, There's some, you know, parts where he wants to eat Finn and Jake's flesh, which isn't maybe morally (laughs) correct, but he always is, does seem to be kind of on the right side of things, right? Yeah. uh,
0: The way that the other characters talk about him is like
1: way over the top. uh, He's like, he's a villain. to what we know about him. Yeah, he's a villain and he destroyed Wizard City once before. (laughs) Yeah. And he's kind, and he like reanimated a stuffed animal version of himself Um, into this little peppermint butler, and he's through a spell. He's like, sort of what, like following around in his spirit. He's, or he's, uh,
0: yeah, like I guess he had
1: cursed himself prior to being de-aged that,
0: like, his fully aged version of himself would still like be able to, I don't know, possess his his younger version. It's it's a weird chronology of how everything happens. It is. I mean. It's kind of a new character, the the little Peppermint, yeah. but it's it's also not. So it, I don't know. I, I kind of like what they're doing with it. But the thing is, is our window into this character's arc is very specific in a way that really s- still doesn't enlighten much about the deeper workings of, of this character.
1: No. And it seemed like what what was so great about Peppermint Butler is with each little tidbit you came up, he became a really rich, nuanced character where there's all sorts of things that we know about him. And if you're like, if, if these four things are true about Peppermint Butler, so much else could be true. And then for their explanation of him to be that he was a dark, magician, practiced the dark arts, destroyed wizard city. And now he's like embodying this guy who wants to come back and like take over again. It's, it, it's a really basic reductive version of a complex character. That's how I felt about it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean... I I guess I kind of thought that... The experience of this new little Peppermint... Going through Wizarding School... Would at least echo... The original Peppermint Butler's... Original experiences. Yeah. Uh, and it it seemed to take a totally different tack... Where it's like... Rejecting those original experiences. Right,
1: and we can talk about that later, but that dives deeper into themes that we've covered. And I think are very adventure time themes in terms of not letting your past dictate your future. And in this one, they actually explicitly say that, uh, um, but there was some fun stuff in it. We are in wizard city after all, there's good stuff. We we see Ron James. I was glad to see him there again. (laughs) Duncan Trussell. Um, which was which is cool. Um and they're in this wizard school, which or magic school, you can't help but like be reminded of Harry Potter. Right. Well
0: here okay, here's the other big general thought that I had about Hit this it. episode is that this whole magic school scenario, it's I guess it's a genre now, right? And I yeah. I guess Harry Potter started it.
1: That's a good point.
0: Now when Harry Potter was breaking, I guess, like, you know, when we were prime age to be reading those books, I, I think I remember I started reading Harry Potter books when I was like around 12 and it, it seemed very unique at the time. Mm-hmm. And for the next like 10 years, 15 years, there wasn't a whole lot imitating Harry Potter. It didn't seem like that. Like, it how seemed could like- you? Yeah, it's uh, the, uh, the in vogue kind of YA themes were definitely rooted in magic and the supernatural
1: right? for a little that, while. That came, like, Twilight, like, I don't think yeah, that's...
0: vampires hit. and werewolves were super big. Obviously, everyone knows all, all that kind of stuff. And, and even not just at the YA level, but like shows like True Blood were super popular, like the vampire thing. Um, but the whole, like, wizard school, learning to be a wizard or a witch it didn't really seem that there were imitators out there Uh, and you figured that it would be so easy to just jump on that. Uh, But nobody really seemed to latch onto it. I don't think anyway, until maybe the last several years. And my theory is that the Harry Potter phenomenon was such a fixture in millennials introduction to like, you know, big creative projects uh, that now that millennials are in charge of creating projects. We're seeing this magic school genre sort of explode because they, uh, they do this, not in just this episode of adventure time, but in, uh, summer camp Island. Also Mm, mm -hmm. hedgehog learns to be a witch. They do it in the owl house. It's like the whole premise of the owl house, uh, another Disney show. Uh, it, and even to a certain extent, uh, some anime, the whole, uh, you could even say like the, uh, the show My Hero Academia. Do you know that one? No. but They go to a superhero school. There you go. Yeah. So I, I, I think it's, it's be, suddenly become very popular for this kind of micro genre. And, and it, it seems to be delayed off of the, the Harry Potter wave that, that started when we were kids. Yeah. That's my theory.
1: It's Pretty good theory there. I but thought, there's a lot of
0: it in, in current, current media, especially yeah, and maybe, you know, cartoons
1: and stuff. And it's like, there was enough time passed for us to absorb it. And now it can come out and it won't be so closely. Like if, if, if it came out right on top of Harry Potter, or even like a year or two after it would have just been like, no, we don't need this. But now there, there's like the fondness in the culture for it. And, Let's not forget you have JK Rowling really just, you know, right. right exactly. the whole uh Harry Potter legacy with her just dumb politics and
0: it's wonderful it. that there are, are alternatives now yeah. to that. <laughs> but I, I think it's just sort of interesting that there wasn't another imitator until recently. I I maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm missing something huge. I mean, if if anyone uh knows about another Harry Potter imitator, uh that that I I missed. Let us know at did you see the mail at com. But you know how, like, Pokemon was immediately followed by Digimon? Yes. And that kind of thing. And, you know, it's like, th- there didn't seem to be that, like, B-level counterpart to Harry Potter until... Until recently. recently. Yeah.
1: Yeah, there, there's gotta be some shit out there that we're forgetting or smaller stuff, but... That's that's a really good point. But it's hard. It It is um, imbued with that, that history. Um, but you know, it it is fun. The little peppermint guy is, is kind of cool that we get, um, Cadabra, which is Abra Kadaniel's niece, which is just funny. Cadabra. And her whole thing is, I honestly pretty funny, right? Is that she's growing up in wizard city and going to the school to essentially learn true magic. And she's only interested in doing like street magic, like being a magician, because it's fun. <laughs> yeah. And, and it, and Albert Daniel's like, why are you making this so hard? Just like be like everybody else. He's he, he at least at one point, they're only laughing at you because you're different. And she's like, <laughs> I know. And he's like, well, stop being different. And then she's like, very clearly got this natural gift to just do like all the spells and conjuring fire and all this stuff that they're going to be learning, but she's just not interested, and I love her stalwart confidence in her own identity is really cool. That feels like pretty gen Z to me to be like, no, I'm different yeah, that's I, I want to do something else yeah that, no, <laughs> yeah yeah, I don't want to do that no and 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 just really just not giving in to the expectations and obviously it's hard for her and and she's alone, but she's got her strong convictions. And it's a nice juxtaposition for the old school feeling Peppermint who is plagued by the expectations of Peppermint Butler who is like inhabiting his body and via this spell possessing him almost. And he's like, feels like he has to live up to these past experiences that Peppermint Butler did. And he's just not the whole way up because he's not Peppermint Butler. He's a different person. And you know we also get some like pretty tropey like m- high school movie stuff in here with like the cool kids and the yeah. and the teachers and uh which is fine i mean hey did you it uh, was bill Hader, always a voice oh who does he do the the, the frog guy
0: oh Bufo. Bufo. Right. oh actually yeah i did i did notice that uh I'm not sure if he was the original voice of Buffo.
1: I'm going to look at it. Why didn't I save this for goddamn Miscellaneous Mania?
0: Right. I think Buffo shows up in episode five, season one, episode five. Oh, I'm, here we go. No, he that was, right? he,
1: he's voiced by Steve Little, who is also does Peppermint Butler and Abercrombie <laughs> Daniels, so it <laughs> yeah. might have just been too much. Do Well, <laughs> but he didn't do... The voice of Little Peppermint. No,
0: they got a kid. N- nor Abra, uh, nor Cadabra. I think. I think it's kind of funny that, like, the two main characters of this episode are s- essentially Steve Little characters, and yet he didn't wind up voicing either. That of them. is really good. <laughs> and Bill Hader took his other <laughs> gig for this episode too. Oh, <laughs> well,
1: uh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's amazing. But I mean, I think Bill Hader is hilarious and. I think he does a really good job and there were definitely some deliveries that, that made me smile, you know? Um, and some good, you know, it's, it, it's hard it, to, me, this is just like it, the whole episode honestly had a very different tone than what I kind of come to adventure time for. Like there was a lot of the patter was the same. There was some, there was some very funny things, familiar characters and themes, but just the, the feel of it, even compared to the last distant land special, with Finn and J- that felt like just a classic that felt square in the canon and the how and the feel. This one just felt different to me. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I do know what you mean.
0: It's hard to pinpoint exactly how or why, but it was just It is it just, it's weird that it's the last distant yeah, special.
1: Why put that one out like that one should have come out uh the other one should have been. What, what was it? Was it Together Forever? Was it called again?
0: Together again. Yeah. Together
1: again. That one should have just closed out this whole thing. It was so epic
0: and great. You know, everyone thought it would be. Um, and I know that there's a lot of chatter about why Wizard City was the last one. I mean, it just came down to that was the production order from yeah. Cartoon Network. They didn't order four episodes for like a miniseries. They just ordered individual specials. That makes sense. Uh, and this was the fourth one, so they started working on it fourth. That's just how it happened.
1: All right, all right. Well, I guess we, need, we still need to do the BMO one. Maybe that we'll do that in B November.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. That'll that'll happen in B November. We haven't reviewed Obsidian either. No. Have you watched that one? No. It's good. It's very good. I, uh, maybe this. we can save that one for Pride Month next year. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Let's do that. But you know, I, I I am famous. Yeah, that's right. I'm famous. No, but if you listen to this, <laughs> I always go through the plots in painstaking detail. Eric, you said you were watching. I was, and as I was just going through, I was just honestly not that enthused by the plot. Um, it's just, it's, it. I don't know. I I didn't think I had expectations, but this isn't who I thought Pepper Butler was, and just. It was weird. They didn't make him d- deep enough. But basically, you think that Peppermint Butler, Peppermint, but at the direction Peppermint Butler may have killed a classmate and done some bad things, but really all of the professors at the wizard school are behind it and they want to bring back the head of uh the, the of dark magic, right? What's this you, can you explain it better than I can? What's his name? Teppi is that what it is? Yep. And like who's like the the, the, the the stalwart leader and they're like this would be amazing and do it via peppermint butler and it's like a satanic cult and it's like we've seen that group of dark magicians in in Wizard City and dark wizards in Wizard City before, right? Like it's like with Buffo and like the whole his whole crew. Um
0: yeah I wasn't really stoked on them as villains no me neither especially since they were like basically new characters,
1: yeah who was the um dr caledonius yeah doing doing the old you can trust me, I'm the cool person, and then whoop nope i'm I'm a villain kind of a thing, which is just like okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel like th- one
0: of the weaker points of this special compared to the other three is the reliance on side characters and new and new side characters, especially because like together again, obviously it's kind of a greatest hits of the whole roster. Yeah, uh, Obsidian, you've got PB and Marceline to anchor the entire thing and there are, you know, interesting new characters around them in the plot. BMO... Uh, is almost entirely new characters other than Bimo, and I feel like it does a really good job of introducing interesting new characters and having Bimo be our sort of guide through this this world in this carefree manner that you know is unique to Bimo. I mean, we can talk about that a lot when we sure. do that in November. but for some reason, I felt like the I guess the character roster of Wizard City wasn't as compelling.
1: But well, it's a great point you're just, you're pointing out that we don't have an anchor of a character we love from the initial series to take us through this episode, like the other three. And they don't, I just don't like the way they used um, Peppermint Butler in this. Like he always felt like someone that Finn and Jake could go to and he would help them and PB as well could go and he would help. And, but it would be a tinge of weirdness and there'd be some insane shit, but like, we And that dichotomy within him is what made him so interesting. So, to just make him a flat out evil bloodlust villain takes away the fun of him. And, like, why not? If you're going to do Wizard City with Peppermint Butler, why not? Maybe they were like, look, we want to still keep him a bit mysterious. But, you know what I mean? Like, why not have him just go through all the different dimensions into. Prismo and go to death and go to all the characters we know he knows yeah man a, a prismo cameo would have really made this episode right Ugh.
0: like there's Damn. so much i didn't even think of that until you said it but shit oh, no. we we did all these distant land specials and we don't have a prismo ca- cameo Ugh. this this now i'm, I'm upset <laughs>
1: <laughs> i know one of the great characters maybe kumail Nanjani is just too hard of a get now yeah he's he's fucking
0: serious famous.
1: Yeah. I really he's jacked.
0: He only does cartoons when he's out of shape.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was just hard. I guess the thing though, that I did like at the end of this, they want peppermint um, to drink this thing. And then it's going to be this whole ceremony and bring about the, uh, this, the ruler and yada, yada, yada. So he takes it, but then rather than, fulfilling this dark magic fate he turns and goes to save his friend cadabra and says no to the wizards and kills them all and or like vanishes them all in like different ways and then says at some point to the pos- possession or the the spirit of peppermint butler this is not my destiny. you are not my destiny you are my past and those are the last words and then it goes thus like really hammering home so much of these deep truths or uh, themes that I'm always going on about, about, you know, the, the weight of generational expectation, be it cultural, societal, or familial <laughs> dictating who we think we should be. And for some people, it's really hard to outgrow that shit. And here, that's what this is all about. And they explore similar themes, I think in other adventure time episodes, but that was really what this is about. And that's what ultimately made it feel like adventure time is that they were exploring those feelings. So I just wanted to say like, I caught that and I liked them doing that. And I, I get it. Um, yeah, I, I will say, I think
0: some of that is slightly undercut by Peppermint Butler's appearance in together again, mm -hmm. because that is set in the future and we see the regular old peppermint butler that we know and love. So at some point after wizard city and before together again in the timeline, he once again became a master of the dark arts, despite everything that his character arc went through in wizard city. Right. So uh, it just seems like we should have had at least a little bit of a lead in to like, maybe he becomes a benevolent master of the dark arts and we know how he gets to that point but it, there's like a huge gap that yeah. there's a lot left to fill in and he ultimately becomes this the same thing that he was i guess so how how did
1: he arrive there again yeah how is it different and i i get it and i think it was also undercut by the fact that it didn't really seem like Peppermint was trying to battle against Peppermint Butler or even really reckoning with I want to be something different, yet I feel like I should be this other thing. Really Peppermint was just following Peppermint Butler the whole way and really was just ignoring Cadebra. He despite Cadebra's like uh, being nice to Peppermint the whole time. And 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 Peppermint didn't really seem to even like Cadebra. I, I Abercadaniel at one point goes, I don't think I like him about peppermint like he's <laughs> yeah. he's weird which is that's kind of what i thought too so it doesn't really make it you know hit as hard when when he chooses to save his friend Kadebra and go a different way it's sort of like i didn't really feel like we were leading there you, you, you guys were trying to make me believe for a while in this episode that peppermint was the one that killed off his classmate and like they they make you think that for a large portion of this episode so I'm not sympathetic to peppermint really I'm sort of like oh this yeah. is kind of a gross evil guy see I kind
0: of thought it was it was happening in a way that peppermint wasn't aware mm. of it where like peppermint Butler was like possessing him and doing oh all yeah that shit. I thought
1: that too but it still kind of took away I don't know you know what I'm getting at like they weren't like building sympathy or right like that see that was a a, a quote unquote twist
0: that I Thought I saw coming that I wouldn't have been upset if I had called it correctly, yeah. Um, and it just it made like the real twist a little bit out of left field. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think it was like set up all that effectively. Yeah, it was like a a dark arts cult yeah. of teachers.
1: <laughs> and honestly, we were watching it, and my my new roommate Lucas is here. We'll meet, and I was just looking. I was just like thinking about it. I was just like. I was like, dude, this is not what a normal episode of adventure time is like, like the tone, the story, like this is not normally feels like, like, and it was just kind of amplifying. I think some of my feelings about it. I don't mean to be so critical. I obviously love the show, but
0: yeah, I didn't expect to be talking about it this critically, honestly. (laughs) Uh, but I mean, I didn't really think that hard about it until until right now. Well, you got your plan. Some good thoughts. Yeah. It's, it doesn't seem like it's a tent pole episode like it like it could have been as one oh. of these distant land specials. It seems like it just it's just part of the adventure time thing. It's like here's a little side quest that like was largely inconsequential, and yeah, or even some think things about happen to a side character, but it's not the important things, yeah, like you but, still haven't seen the important things for that
1: character and it's just disappointing'cause like even you think of like. I was thinking of the episode, Thanks for the Crab Apples, Giuseppe, which we did really early on, and you just meet all sorts of new wizards, and you go on that insane thing. And that was a way more fun episode than this. Yeah. Like, and that was just like, and that's not like a huge beloved episode or anything. It's not. But you know what? I think about that episode a lot. Yeah. (laughs) It was really memorable. It was really (laughs) weird. Like, and this didn't feel weird. This felt like a Disney made for TV movie and that's, I'm just going to end it there. Um, yeah. And
0: yeah, I mean, if, uh, if you did like wizard city, if anyone out there did, I mean, I didn't dislike it, but if you really like wizard city, uh, you probably like
1: the owl house that's on Disney. <laughs> Send us an email. Did you see the mail at gmail.com? It'd be fun to hear why you liked it. If you did.
0: Yeah. I have I have plenty of criticisms about The Owl House. Also like it's a show that does a lot of these tropey things that sort of seem like well, why are we doing this kind of thing? does doesn't have to be this kind of thing. Uh-huh. Um very similar to the the Wizard City kind of stuff. Um I like I like The Owl House, but I have a lot of criticisms about it.
1: I, I you and I both like our tropes subverted. Yeah, I really, you know, it's, I'll tell you, I'm,
0: I'm watching this show right now, Amphibia, because I, I got Disney plus to watch the Owl House and now I'm watching Amphibia and I kind of like Amphibia more, uh, al- although it's like the most tropey cartoon that I've watched in a while and the plot is definitely not like that emotionally resonant or anything uh there's not these crazy backstory lore type elements of the show, however, I just think it's extremely well executed it like they they're not going overboard on anything they're just doing it very well right and it, it's a Disney cartoon it's got
1: likable characters well you know what's interesting about that is i what I was gonna posit was. At what point does subverting tropes become a trope? Like, you know, I think we've talked about it before yeah. that meta humor has like almost reached such a level that, like, when I see people doing that now, that feels like a trope. And it's like, and the whole <laughs> point of it was to be subverting tropes. So maybe it's coming back at a time where you, it's okay, like just do what you do well. Yeah. Yeah. I think I
0: mentioned this about the recent Rick and Morty episodes. They're like way down the Dan Harmon
1: trope rabbit hole now. Right. And it's doing it in a meta way, but at some point it's like, cool, man. And also sometimes these tropes that they're subverting aren't even relevant anymore. I'm not talking (laughs) almost so specifically about that, but I've noticed that as a thing. Cause like when you're mocking something that's so ubiquitous in the culture, it feels great. But when you're mocking something that was ubiquitous in the culture, like 30 years ago, like classic sitcoms, like we don't know. Right. At this point, if you're like a 22 year old kid, you didn't grow up with the classic. Everyone loves Raymond. Really? You grew up with office. Yes. Like, yeah. and that was about subverting expectation of what a sitcom was supposed to be with a unlikable boss. and, characters who don't grow or refuse to grow and yada, yada, yada. So it's just kind of an interesting point that that type of humor and storytelling. And this is that, you know,
0: yeah, I, I guess I I will say I really like the way adventure Time subverts tropes because it's usually in a more postmodern kind of way.
1: Yeah. Or it's it's not direct. It's not like a direct send up or parody of a trope. It's more of just simply going a different way. Yeah. Which like implies the sort of uh, like subverting of the trope or parody or whatever ness of it. But it's not directly commenting on it. It just happens where at the end of the episode where you think right. Peppermint it's- Butler and Jake and Finn would now be friends. Peppermint Butler says, I'm going to be needing your flesh. <laughs> Yeah,
0: it's like they're not trying to prove anything with that.
1: Yeah. No. (laughs) Other than just taking you in a way you didn't expect, which is the fun part. Great point. Um, Another thing that we got to talk about is the snail in this episode. Well, Nick, did you see the snail? I did. Eric, did you see the snail? No. You didn't? No. You saw it? Yeah. Yeah. Really? It was like extremely prominent. I thought it wasn't even going to be in the episode. Well, I think that we're talking the same thing. When He goes in the Bufo's office and he's looking all around. He opens a little trap door and behind it is the snail that hisses at Peppermint. And then he closes the door. You must have not (laughs) been watching because it was like (laughs) way more easy than ever before. I totally did not see it. Well, shit.
0: All right. Congratulations, Nick. Let's play your theme song. Thank you. Congratulations are in order,
1: my friend.
0: Nick, you saw the snake. detective that I've ever known, you're the greatest. Now, detective of the episode. Congratulations
1: to you, my friend. Yeah, Nick, you saw the snail.
0: <laughs> Okay, <laughs> that's funny. Damn, yeah, I I thought that. The uh, Distant Land specials, like, by design, were not going to have the snail. And in Together Again, we saw it because it was kind of like a character Mm -hmm. in the way that the snail is actually used in in the Lich's storyline. But I I wasn't even trying to look for it because I just had resigned myself to it not being in there. And I guess I wasn't looking at this. I was looking at (laughs) waveforms, editing Uh, uh, holophonics tracks. We
1: said before. Nothing if not honest. (laughs)
0: um i have been watching a lot of tv this past week just because so much of my workload is just visual editing just uh, looking at waveforms it's like i feel guilty almost that like i'm just like sort of watching this much television but i i don't have to be listening to anything and it's it's you know because i'm also using those universal audio plugins cool uh, that run on the Apollo interface and you can only use a certain amount at a time. Sure. So I have to print every track with like a UA preamp compressor and EQ like chain and then take, take it off and then put it on the next track, print it, <laughs> take them off. So it, it's, I just need the time to go through and do that to like, Ten is horn tracks. It, is it helping? Is it sounding Ever's better? File? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's it sounded so much so much better than any other mix I've ever done ever. Like the UA plugins are such a game changer, and it sucks that this is the realization that, like, oh yeah, if you spend
1: money, your mixes sound better. Like well, yeah. I mean, well, let's though say Eric, you took um an affordable interface and two microphones really far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's not unearned. <clears throat> yeah, the
0: six thousand dollars on my credit cards. Uh it's it's putting it through their paces. Like it's getting some good work. Yeah. That's for sure. Now I was just gonna go broke. Well go to, trying to pay it all off.
1: Pay, uh patreon.com slash Eric Dana. Right. And if you guys are liking the podcast and you wanna support us, uh anchor.fm slash adventure is a good way to support this podcast, especially as we go into season two. And then also Give us a rating on Apple Podcasts if you can, uh, especially as more people are looking for Adventure Time podcasts. Your ratings really do actually help us move up in search, and I I legitimately think we've gotten like just a couple people who have done it recently, and all of a sudden we're showing up better and more people are finding us, and it's really cool. So please take yep. some seconds and write out a quick little review. Make that sweet sweet ad
0: revenue, <laughs> a few a few cents. Every uh every play, I think. Like a cent and a half, yeah, maybe. It's um honestly pretty cool. Yeah, then we can uh use all that money to <laughs> survive another another day or two. It's not very much. No. Quick shout out to uh the social worker who is processing my food stamps application. Oh if you're listening, Ms. Mulchin.
1: <laughs> did you promise to call, call me out? back? Did you process did you <laughs> Were you like, I'm going to shout you out on my podcast?
0: <laughs> yeah, if she's listening, uh, I would really love for her to call me back and approve my application so I could have money to buy groceries. <laughs> oh, God, please.
1: Please help her, man.
0: That's why I had Taco Bell for lunch today. Spend $2? Just because cause I, I, I went grocery shopping, but like I didn't want to... Like, spend a lot of money grocery shopping just in case my food stamps thing comes through in the next couple of days cuz then I would use that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, "Okay, let me get a few things and then pick up some cheesy bean and rice burritos on my way home cuz that's like actually the cheaper option." <laughs>
1: yeah. Ugh. Oh. That's America for you. It's America. Um
0: <laughs> but hey, I have uh $6,000 worth of new recording gear. So who needs groceries?
1: You got good sounding guitars, that's what we need. Food, fuck that. Um should we should we move on to our final segment?
0: Yep, it's Miscellany mania, baby.
1: So yeah, we, we we mentioned Bill Hader coming in. That's probably like one of the more exciting pieces of in of miscellaneous. Mania. There is another um character titled Weaponhead. Do you know Weaponhead? No. Weaponhead. Uh it's it's I think it was like one of the one of the people, and it's just <laughs> um it's like it's, it's, it's a it's um contestant in the wizard battle who first appears. I don't know. But in this episode, it's portrayed by Patty Harrison. Now, do you know Patty Harrison? Sh- she's on I Think You Should Leave, that oh, show. Oh, yes.
0: I love her. Oh, she's on that other show, Shrill? Yes.
1: Yeah. Okay. I wanted to bring her up because I just wanted to because – I've really been enjoying her. And after I think I'd seen her on Trill and I think you should leave. And then I went on the internet and started like following her on Instagram and TikTok. And it's really fucking funny and like <laughs> fucked up. Um, yeah. She's like my favorite com- comedian I've discovered this year.
0: Yeah. I got to check out some more stuff. Yeah. I I finally watched that second season of I think you should
1: leave. <laughs> Dude. How incredible is that? Man, it's.
0: I feel like this second season really drove some things home for me that like I I wasn't quite getting on the first season, and then I went back and rewatched the first season, and just like, oh my gosh, it was like my my life is too similar to the show actually. Oh man, did you have? It's just it's all about like people like breaking the social contract. Yes, (laughs) it really is. Just just people being so fucking impolite in in ways that are just impossible to understand and just really causing issues for everyone around them
1: right, and in a different way than say, curb your enthusiasm like it's it's almost more yeah. surreal and <laughs> you know what I mean yeah I just
0: I feel like i'm I'm like so many of the side characters in those sketches like why is this person doing this to me right now? What did I do to deserve this? It's not anything that's like nothing that they do is inherently surreal. It's just, they take it to a surreal level.
1: Yeah. Well, there's, I mean, any favorite sketches of, I think you should leave season two. Oh man. Um, I mean, there's so many, so many good ones. Some of them are closer to real life and are cringier. Some of them are more, uh, um, are more just laugh out loud. It's funny, it's surreal, but, uh, I mean, there's so many good ones. I mean, I would say my favorite sketch, I'm just going to answer my own question here while yeah. you think of it, would be when there's a guy in a parking lot and he's having a frustrating day and he goes to leave the parking lot in his car and there's some oh. guy driving in front of him and he's like, Yo, asshole! Don't you know how to drive? And it's Tim Robinson. and goes, "No, I don't," and I'm fucking scared. I don't know what any of the shit is in here. It's really, really funny.
0: Yeah, I, I, okay. I feel like I run into that person regularly. Like, I mean, not necessarily them driving a car, but they're just caught in a situation that they don't know how to navigate, and now. I'm stuck with them freaking out because they weren't prepared for the situation that they're in. And it's not even their fault, I guess. (laughs) No, we
1: don't. Yeah. You can't really be mad at them. And sometimes these people do own up that they don't know, which is also interesting. It's like, huh? That's great. Yeah. And Patty Harrison's in a great one about tables. But don't ask about the tables. <laughs> it's really good. We'll talk about really this show good. more, I'm sure. Yeah. Is there so. any other miscellaneous mania that we should? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, we should. God. We should go back to. I I don't know. There, there, there's some episode um, episode connections and stuff, but uh, nothing that is on here is really that special. I don't. Yeah, I, I feel like the way that they snuck
0: in references and Easter eggs and connections was not like that revelatory.
1: Nah, it's fine. Let's just keep it moving. Uh, Let's figure out. Well, season two premiere. I was gonna say let's figure out what we're gonna watch next week, but should we just choose the season two premiere? Yeah, I have an idea. So we started
0: this podcast. We started season one with the season two premiere episode. Yeah. So I think for our season two premiere of this podcast, we should watch the next sequential season premiere episode, which would be the season three premiere. Now
1: that's what I thought you were going to say. Then the idea came to me that, well, if we watched the season two premiere for season one, we should then maybe watch the season one premiere for season two, but that would just, that would be too clean. I want to, I want to keep, Something yeah. fucked up rolling. So then, when we right. get to see, then the loop would be closed. Yeah, I don't want to close that loop. <laughs> this
0: will be a deeper. I mean, are we going to do ten seasons of the podcast?
1: I don't know if we've set ourselves up for that.
0: We're. I mean, it's kind of arbitrary that we're dividing this into seasons. I was as thinking it about is. that. I
1: was like, I don't even really know what a podcast season is. It feels like something people just made up. Right, and I know that. Uh, every time I see podcasts
0: on Apple that have seasons demarcated, it just fucks up their episode order. <laughs> well, we're not going to mark it on, are we? No, 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 d- no. We should not do that. We're just saying it. It's more of a spiritual se- season. Yes, two.
1: <laughs> it, that's it. Really makes sense to 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 mark this moment in time on the podcast.
0: Yeah. So okay. So we'll we'll, we'll do. We'll do the season three premiere for our season two premiere. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And then, uh, then it might be around Halloween time. So we'll have to pick a spooky episode. And
1: then we roll right into be November. Yeah. Good shit. Good shit. Everybody. Thanks for yeah, sticking so our, with our, us. Our
0: random episode generator is probably, it's going to get some time off. We can, We can bring it into the shop and get it looked at, <laughs> get a tune
1: up. Yeah. We can, we can talk to some of our friends who have been, uh, Whyn't talk to us about it? So oh, we can get some more guests for sure. We can do that too. Get some New York City guests. Now that we're in New York City, hell yeah! This is exciting. I'm. I just again thank you to everybody who's listened thus far. Like there's a lot of you who have been following through and listened to all the episodes of this, and that is fucking cool. Like that's a lot of time with Eric and Nick. Yeah, that's.
0: That's so much time of listening to me recorded. And considering that I'm a quote unquote professional recording artist, (laughs) this is probably the largest collection of my recordings. And there are people out there that have listened to like, what, 50 hours of this. That's cool to think about. It's pretty nuts. Kind of makes me feel weird. (laughs) Me too. I don't have 50 hours of music recorded.
1: I don't have 50. I didn't think I had 50 hours worth of things to say. <laughs> like publicly. But you're, I mean, it's more than 50 hours, by the way. This is episode 57.
0: Not every episode is an hour. I'm rounding. Okay. Fair. Well, most episodes are under an hour.
1: Mm-hmm. This is a good classic length ep. I like that we're just petering out of the, uh, <laughs> the season one finale. we need a cliffhanger oh did i tell you that i um i killed someone (laughs) and cut